Giants fans to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. We are still 67% British, 33% Irish, but most definitely 100% Giants. Now that the 2021 season is over, we can really start to look forward to the vast off-season programme that's coming our way. And I'm joined, as usual, by Shane and Kev to start to look at what Joe Shane and Brian Dable have got us to look forward to over the next six months. How are you guys? Yeah, all good. Draft prep starting starting to kick up now. So combine next week. Um, so this is like the Christmas for for us to an extent. You know, it's the only thing we've been looking forward to since September. <laughs> since this time last year. Yeah, <laughs> since that since that trade was made with the Bears. Yeah, true. Very true. Yeah, no, I'm very excited. You know, um, obviously the season is done now, but uh, we've got busy busy schedule ahead. You know, you've got the combine starting next week. Um, I think it's being televised the sixth to this third um, to the sixth of March on the NFL Network. Um, then you've got um, March fourteenth to sixteenth. You've got the legal tampering period coming up, where you know players can start to talk to other teams about uh, free agents start talking to other teams. And then obviously on March sixteenth, then the new year starts with um, free agency. And obviously, although we might not be big movers and shakers in that market, um, it'd be interesting to see what deals some of the players out there get. Yeah, man, there's a, there's a hell of a lot coming up over the next, what, two months over March and April. Obviously, like you said, the new, start of the new league season come the middle of March. Um, there's plenty to get our teeth into and look forward to for sure. Um, so, yeah, obviously it's been over a week since the uh, the curtain fell on the season. Obviously with the Rams uh, coming out victorious over the Bengals in Super Bowl 56. Um, second team in the space of two years to win the Super Bowl on in their home stadium. Um, obviously, having obviously having never happened before last year. So, is there a running trend? Where's the Super Bowl next year? It's uh, Houston, isn't it? Arizona. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, Arizona. So, cards. Yeah, there. Depends what happens with Kyler Murray. Who knows? They could uh, they could be there or thereabouts. So, maybe third third year in a row as well. Who knows? Um, but yeah, final score obviously was twenty three twenty, which was agonisingly close for the Bengals um, but I think the Rams just about did enough to win um, and to deserve the win I thought um, LA's defence stepped up in the second half um, total seven sacks on Joe Burrow their sort of offensive line just crumbled in that second half um, and Aaron Donald what more can you say about the guy He's he's got it all now obviously the, the immediate talk after the Super Bowl was that if they win, he's potentially looking at retiring. Whether that happens or not is another question. But if he does, he's he's going out on a high and riding off into the sunset with his ring and his three DPOYs and his probably, I mean, n- numerous all pros um, that he's got. So just an absolute baller, an absolute beast on defence. And um, it would be a shame to see him leave the league um, because I love watching him. I love watching him play. Um, yeah, the good, you know, whatever happens with him, fair, good luck and fair play to him. Um, but yeah, so his, his final play on fourth and one to ice the game and hand LA their uh, second Lombardi trophy. Um, was glad and happy for Matt Stafford um, to finally see him succeed after over a decade of losing in Detroit. Um, and obviously for Odell Beckham as well. Um, to see him get a ring uh, is, is, is pretty cool. Um, but obviously at the same time for him to, to go down with a what is pretty much, I think, guaranteed, I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, but pretty much guaranteed to be another ACL tear on the same knee he's done before. Um, don't know what his, uh, his comeback looks like. Uh, it's going to be a long road to recovery for him. I know doing it once is bad enough, but doing the same ACL twice, is, like, is that even... Can you even come back from doing that same ACL twice? So... You know, and obviously the the news that he's obviously had a new baby as well, so it's it's all going on for him at the moment. So it's a bit must be a bit bittersweet for him at the moment with the with the injury. Um, but no, it's good to see him succeed. He's obviously very emotional on the sidelines as well in in tears. Um, but nice nice to see him uh, to, to get in that ring. Obviously, there's a lot of hate from Giants fans about about Beckham, um, but it's always nice. I always think it's nice to see ex Giants succeed away from the team. Um, unless your name is Eli Apple. <laughs> um, 
yeah, he, he's 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 not he's not chatting he's not chatting shit now as Eli Apple um, gave up what he it was cut on in coverage for all three of their touchdowns. Some yeah, so gutted. That's all I'm gonna say. Gutted Eli Apple, and um and then um what's his name Tyreek Hill was very quick to get out on Twitter after the game and uh, put some fuel to the fire as well. Um, but obviously there was some controversy in the game with the non-core on the face mask, um, blatant face mask as well at the start of the second at the start of the second half, which obviously led to T Higgins touchdown catch, um, and then the hold on the goal line uh, when the Rams were driving to go and score the go-ahead score. Um, I think if it wasn't if it wasn't the linebacker covering, I think if it was was a corner or a safety covering him, would it have been called? Who knows? Um, and also, did they, are they making up for not calling the uh, the OPI in, earlier in the game with T Higgins? So, yeah, there's controversy there, but it wouldn't be the NFL without some controversy, would it? Let's face it. Um, but like I said, I think the 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 best team came out eventual winners, and then it obviously finished on a high note for Cooper Cup as well, sort of that quadruple crown after getting the triple crown in the regular season, adding the Super Bowl MVP title to his. Uh, Already stellar year, um, probably one of the greatest single seasons by a wide receiver in recent memory. So, fair play, tip my hat to the lad. Uh, what an absolute player, isn't he? Oh, mate, unbelievable. And to sort of come out of nowhere as well, really, really, you know, sort of, he's only been sort of in the spotlight the last couple of years. Um, for him to cut, sort of come out of nowhere and just explode onto the scene and be that like, number one receiver in the league, or one of the top sort of three in the league, obviously, you got. Um, Devonte Adams in the uh, in the in the mix as well. But what do you guys both think of the game? Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it. Um, I probably would say the best team probably won, and the the better team over the season, in my opinion. Um, I I don't think Aaron Donald's going to retire. Just not going to happen at all. Um, and I was glad OBJ won it. Um, I was I was well happy that Cooper Cup got the MVP because I thought it would be typical NFL fashion to maybe overlook him. I think he could easily have been in the contention for MVP this year, and I think he was just overlooked because he's a wide receiver. I I I thought personally, I thought he was the league MVP. I'm sorry, you got you you led the league in receptions, in touchdowns and yards, and you don't get the league MVP. What? It's obviously it's all tailored towards a quarterback. I know the MVP. Obviously, he got he got offensive player of the year, but. He should have got the MVP as well, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then on the calls, blatant face mask, blatant stupid call by the refs on uh, Logan Wilson at the end. I think if they were making up for it, making up for that face mask, that's fair enough. You don't make up for it so late in the game. You know, you had two whole quarters, essentially, if you wanted to make up for it. Um, I thought the second half, second half went a little bit weird. It was like neither team seemed to be able to do what they wanted to do. Um, and it was baffling because Rams couldn't run the ball, but they carried on trying and trying and trying. Yeah, it, it, I think it got to the point, was it like late third quarter when you, you'd listened back to the um, the the mic'd up stuff with uh, the Sean McVay saying, and it, I think it's towards the end of the third quarter, he says like, we're, we're just going to stop, like quit with the run game. It's not working. And then um, you had the Bengals who couldn't get any time for Joel Burrow to protect him but still carried on trying to protect him. Yeah. And I think Joel Mixon was having a great game and that probably took Mate. the game a little bit too soon, in my opinion. Like just and also, and also on, that, on that last play, on that fourth and one, they still had timeouts available. Yeah. Joe, get Joe Mixon. He's going to get you that one yard. He's running well. He's running the ball well. Why did not field. He wasn't even on the field. It was exactly. a, P. Ryan was running back for some reason. Like Yeah. I, I think in the end, the Bengals only had themselves to blame with the way... Yeah. They pulled that towards the very end, as you say, with, with Joel Mixon not being on the field and not utilising him with the way he had been running. Um, but I do think it's probably one of the one of the better Super Bowls. Like, you know, it was better than the last time the Rams were in a Super Bowl, for instance. Uh, it was probably it was better than the first ever Super Bowl I watched, which was Seahawks versus Broncos, because it wasn't just a, a, a oh, one blowout. Blow <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, I, I I did enjoy it to be fair and um, you know, I do think over the course of the season that the, the deserving team probably won. 
Yeah, definitely agree with that. I mean, um, we've talked about LA Rams in the past and how they've built their team and how they've gone from like trading first round picks and second round picks for proven assets and um, backloading the rest of the roster with mid to late round picks um, and not really having much else in, in, in between. Um, but Cooper Cockley could just be an outstanding. Um, yeah, and I mean, what did he get? He got like was it eight catches for 90-odd yards and two touchdowns. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's such what a player. Like, just to touch on OBJ yeah. as well. Like, he, he, I thought he, he got two catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. And, Wait, um, the, the game changed when he got injured. Yeah, big time. Like, LA was such a flow. Um, did you think but, obviously LA didn't have Robert Woods, they didn't have Tyler Higby, um, Van Jefferson wasn't doing anything, and their other receivers as well just couldn't seem to catch a ball for nothing. So, for Beckham to go down injured, it was, it was a real sort of killer for yeah. them. Really, really just relied on Stafford and, and Cup after that, I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like Cam Akers, what, he had 13 carries for 21 yards. Yeah. Right. So, um, I mean, yeah. And I think it was it was a weird start to the second half, wasn't it? I think everyone stayed to watch the um, Super Bowl halftime show yeah. and then went to the toilet when the second went half kicked off. To off. New, make, make a coffee, get a drink, <laughs> get some food. And then that's, I, I did... I did exactly the same. I, I missed. I missed the. I missed the uh, the touchdown originally. So I sort of come back in. And was like, what? What happened? Yeah. Rewound, watched it, and I was like, wow. Yeah, it was a good game though. But um, like like she said, I think the overall, um, the on on the day, the better team for the whole season won the game and were deserving winners. I mean, it's good to see Stafford go there and um, prove himself. You know, really. Prove yeah, prove that he is a good good quarterback and. You know, uh, he tried as, as much as he could in Detroit, and it just wasn't a, a good fit. But in the, um, in the long term, but um, yeah, no, I, was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and no, I, I did like the um, uh, again with the on with the NFL films footage um, when they had um, Odell Beckham mic'd up. I did like his uh, his nod to Eli Manning, saying obviously about with Stafford putting the number ten on now, and you know, that's funny. It's his boy Eli, you know, and so I, they, I, I what like. What do they that. say? They say like Eli throw, throws throws a titles tighter spiral or something. Yeah, he throws dimes and he throws tighter spirals. And it's like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's funny. You no, knew he's he, on the wind up, and it was funny. Eli's the man, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, great, yeah, overall great game. Um, yeah, like one of the better games we've had in in recent memory, but. The, I think this this uh, this game is all, always going to be known for that Super Bowl, that halftime show. Yeah, it was immense. For those that sort of grew up in that sort of late nineties, early two thousands, you know, I was sort of a teenager in those in that in that sort of era. Um and I remember two thousand and one by Dr. Dre was one of my favourite albums at the time. And it was just like for that fifteen minutes I was just glued to that T V watching it and yeah, what what a show to put on and Credit to all of them that performed because I just thought it was one of the, one of the best of all time, uh, if not the best. I mean, I know there's been a lot of debate debate about it, but it was it for me. It was top notch. I thought it was fantastic. Um, but looking ahead to next year, which uh, which quite surprised me, um, just a little thing. Um, the Bills are joint currently joint favourites to win uh, to win the Super Bowl next year, Super Bowl Fifty Seven with uh, with the Chiefs. Even though their assistant GM and their offensive coordinator and half of their coaches have, have left the organisation and have moved south to uh, to Jersey, so that's that's quite interesting. So it'd be intriguing to see how they cope with all that um, the sort of mass exodus, exodus that's gone on in Buffalo. Um, you know, with Josh Allen at, uh, under centre, you can't rule anything out, but they're I think they're going to be there or thereabouts. So, you know, it might, might might turn around to be sort of their year. You never know. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that sort of links us nicely into the uh, the first episode of Giants Life, which went live this week, um, giving us an insight into Joe Shane's sort of first few weeks as our new general manager, um, from being interviewed while he was driving, um, saying he'd been in Jersey much, and uh, he'd only been there when really they played the Rams, uh, the Rams, sorry, the Jets. Um, and from him uh, att attending the Senior Bowl, Introducing himself to various players, giving a sort of a sneak peek at who, what different players he was looking at, you know, from different colleges he was looking at. Obviously, he wasn't naming names, but like we were saying before, it sort of makes you wonder, oh, who are you looking at? Who are you looking at? Who are you looking at? And obviously, the fact that the uh, the Bills had already sort of pretty much decided 
their first four rounds, like who they were going to be looking at, where they were going to be going in the draft. It sort of makes you wonder who he's got his eye on. Um, and then also the full, the sort of full team meeting at the end um, with, uh, with, with Daybol as well, standing up and telling sort of those in attendance um, to sort of be a bit personable with him, calling Dabes, which uh, I'm going to now refer to him as Dabes because he wants everyone to know him as Dabes. So Dabes, welcome what to the up, Dabes. Yo, Dabes, exactly. Dabes. Um, yeah, and then in between him and obviously Shane and setting out their vision and philosophy for the team moving forward. So what is there anything that really stood out from you, um, for each of you from the first look inside the uh, the new era of the Giants, as they're calling it? Yeah, I mean, like, like we said 12 months ago, it, it was good to see it. It's just not long enough and you want to see a little bit more and they're looking at documents and the stuff's blurred out and you still try and really hard to read what it possibly says and who they're talking about. And you're trying to put two and two together and it usually works out to be five. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I always do. I wish they would do a lot more of this background stuff because it's nice seeing what goes on behind the scenes, the way people talk, etc. Um, I thought it was pretty cool what um, Diable said. I mean, if I if I'm honest, if I worked in that building, I'd probably still call him coach just out of like just out respect, out of respect. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he could call me Dave, so I'd be like, yeah, no, Bob's coach. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hundred percent coach. Yeah, yeah, I'll do anything you say, coach. Call me Dave. Got it, coach. But yeah, just good seeing the behind the scenes stuff. Um, I was surprised there wasn't a little bit more about Dable, to be honest. Um, I think, I think maybe that's coming in the next episode. Yeah, um, because obviously that that went to like the Shane hiring, and then like the very end, it was like the, the conference, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the next episode. I was quite happy when I seen it was 15 minutes long, so I half expected it to be like five or six minutes. Um, but yeah, looking forward to the next episode, as I say, and, and hopefully the content like that rolls on through all the way through the draft and this process. Do we know? Do you know how often they're dropping? No I'm idea. Not. I'm, 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 hoping it's, I'm hoping it's weekly because um, that'd be cool. But I don't know. I'll have a look. But yeah, what are your thoughts on it, Kev? Yeah, and no, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it's good to get an insight to uh, Joe Sheehan and see what he's about. You know, he, he comes across as like a, a, a real good blend of like old school, but new school as well. I mean, he's willing to like, you know, he takes a lot on analytics. You know, he basically wants to use every single tool out there to be able to help them in the process. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's, that's, that's very, very welcome because, you know, we're moving towards that now. There's so many tools and and um, things at your disposal, like it'd be, you'd be a fool not to use everything. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, and like you're saying, when he's at the senior bowl and stuff, like you're trying to figure out who he's talking about. And and uh, he seems excited and he seems like, you know, although it's a massive, massive task, um, he looks like he, he he is up for it and he looks excited for it. Yeah, I think like, I, I like his, he, he oozes confidence, I think. Hmm. Like you can see, you can see like, He's not. He's. I don't think he's scared to, to make the dif- difficult decisions that are coming his way. Um, I think he, he the confidence he sort of, he showed at, at the senior bowl. Like it, it just, it just by talking to other guys on the sidelines, by talking to other GMs on the sidelines. Um, he looks ready, doesn't he? Yeah, it, it looks like he's hungry for it and he's ready yeah. for it. And I think this was the right. This is his time to step up into that role. Um, I like the fact that I thought they were both sort of really quite humble as well. Yeah, very personable. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, um, we know Joe Judge was very humble at the beginning, um, but obviously that went pretty south. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it was a nice insight to them. Um, just um, read enough about the, uh, the sort of series. It doesn't say how often they will drop, but it, it just says... Um, uh, it will continue to provide fans with an exclusive look into the Giants' off-season um, as Shane Dayball and the entire organisation work tirelessly towards 2022. So, I mean, I think last last year they dropped sort of every two to three weeks, something like that, wasn't it? I mean, um, and you see when they, was, when, when, um, they were addressing the staff? Yeah. Um, I thought that was a nice touch. You know, I, th- I haven't really seen that before. Um you see them addressing the team 
and lot and lots of behind the scenes shows, obviously. But to address the actual um, staff in the building, I thought was very good. I mean, like, I mean, I can't remember what the quote was. I think um, you pulled up a quote. Yeah. Oh, so go on. What was it again? It's a, you said the foundation. Um, I mean, Coach Dable said the foundational pillar to success is the people. So not just the players, but the people in the organisation. Everyone that was in that room, and he said, like, they're all in it together. Um, just because you have a title doesn't mean you're entitled. Yeah, I love you know, that. We're all in it together, but you've got to prove that you're worthy to be here and you're, you you should be here. Um, and he, said, he also said, um, got to roll up our sleeves and get after this uh, one day at a time. Not going to make any promises or predictions, but we'll get better each day if we do it the right way. Um, I just, it, yeah, obviously we've we've sort of been, had the wall pull over, pulled over our eyes previously with... Um, with uh, with other coaches first like initial comments but you just generally get that I thought I got that feeling from both of them that like I said it's it's their time and they're ready for this and and coach just seem, seems just as ready for it as, as Shane yeah. does you know yeah I agree with that and yeah he said and if you're if you're a champion in what you do in your role we'll be a champion as a team oh see so, I love that it's a great quote own your role do mm. what you do don't worry about anyone else do what you need to do, and we'll succeed. So yeah, I, I loved I loved some of Dave's quotes at the end there, um, and obviously and obviously Shane said obviously he'll do everything in his power to build a team that will make you proud on and off the field, as in like the staff and the fans as well. Yeah, I think I think I think Shane has been given, which which I didn't expect because of the how the Mars and dishes are, especially the Mars. But I think he's been given like not a free license, but quite think, a long leash, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he's been given quite a lot of like here. Okay, we we will let you do quite a bit here. We'll take a, a good step back, not all the way back, but we will take a bigger step back than they probably have in the past, or or or, or I thought they would do this time. Yeah, maybe they realise where they've messed up in the past and gone. Actually, you know what? These guys are the experts. Let them get on with what they need to do. Yeah, rather exactly. than trying to rather than trying to sort of micromanage them and and tell them what to say and what to do. Um, no, I, I got a good feeling out of that first episode. I'm looking forward to the new one. I like the fact that um, it was titled "It's a New Era." It is a new era for the team and for the organisation. So I'm looking forward to the to the next episode, Sean. Yeah, as you guys both said, it's just not long enough. You just want to see more of it. You want to see a whole hour of it. You know, yeah. I'd be happy to sit there all day and watch it. Um, but yeah, looking forward to the new season. Um, moving on to one of Joe Shane's biggest tasks of the off-season then, our salary cap situation. Um, now, we've briefly mentioned it in the previous weeks um, leading up to now. Um, but as usual, we've got a resident salary cap expert, Kev, also known as Cap King. How's your crown sitting there, Kev? Heavy is the crown. Yeah. So Kev's going to run us through the situation we find ourselves in. Um, and who could potentially end up being a cap casualty come the end of this? Uh, so, Kev. Yeah. So, so basically, like, obviously, like, I'm not massively in know the ins and outs. So just have a, but I have a generally a good feel for like how the cap is and and how it works and how you know what we need to do and stuff like and the implications of stuff. Um. So basically, right at the moment, we're sitting 12 million in the red. So we're 12 million in the red. We need to get under that for the start of the league season. But, um, so we have to do that. We ha that's something we have to do. Now, there's been reports there that Joe Sheehan said he would like to have 40 million to, to play with. Um, 40 million positive to play with. Um, so that's needing to shed a lot of cap. 20 million of that will be the rookie pool. So 20 million would have to be, and then it leaves him with, depending on where it's 15 to 20 million to be able to work some deals and stuff like that. Um, so like I said, at the moment, we're standing at, 12 minus 12 million and we have a total of 55 players on the current roster now only the top 51 count against the cap so anything cheaper than the top 51 don't count against the cap so just looking at um some of the players that we've let go now i think one or two will come back because at the moment we don't have a long snapper so what are you guys thinking we bring back casey Kreider. Um, for about a million. I yeah, I don't see any reason why not. Like, 
we didn't have any issues in in special teams regarding the snap or anything like that. So I don't, I don't see why you wouldn't bring him back unless there's a better option out there. And then let's let's face it, long snapper's not exactly the most coveted position and it's not the most competitive position on the roster so there's probably not going to be many other options out there so no exactly and I mean you know like he's been with us what for two seasons two or three seasons and like have you ever heard his name in season no no and for a long snapper that's exactly what you want isn't it exactly he's doing his job Um, he'd be about a million I'd bring him back Um, someone like Elijah Penny as well for around a million I'd bring him back because um, we need a fullback, we haven't currently got a fullback on the roster. Again, these deals would be minimum, and they wouldn't be have much guaranteed money. So we bring them back, and then we look at players like um, would you bring back a David Sills, for example? He would cost you nine hundred k. Minimum guarantee. Maybe yeah, it depends it depends on on who else is in the receiver room, I suppose, but. We'll basically we'll, we'll leave that, but like so, but players like so Billy Price is someone I veer marked to bring back for around a million again, a bit of a prove it deal. Um, do you think that he would accept it? Do you think that uh, it's a good move? Yeah, I mean, would he realistically get a better deal anywhere else? See, I don't think so. I think you know he'd need to come in, and that way you've got yourself some sort of center cover. Yeah, and also a bit of consistency on the O line, which we kind of all know we need. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd I'd bring him back on that. Right. That's so just it. so just bring back like three players there. So you know, a potential starting centre if, if we don't get a better one, uh, starting fullback and a starting long stabber. Not sexy. Bring them back for a million each, um, and it only adds a million to the salary cap. So we currently have thirteen million in red line. So this is the interesting part. Cuts right. I'm going to go reel off some names that I think are, are very much potential salary cuts. So, would you keep um, a player like? So, let's start with the punter Dixon. Now, we've brought in um, the Scottish Hammer, as he's called Gillen. Is it? Yeah, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Right, so so I actually think that he would be competitive, if not better, than Dixon. And Dixon, by cutting Dixon, we say two point eight million, near enough three million. So I think I for think me that's a no brainer. Yeah, absolutely. Like, has has Riley Dixon done enough to earn that job for another season? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and then and then we have someone like De- uh, Devontae Booker, who was okay, but by cutting him, you're saving over two million dollars. Um. And he's 30, a 30-year-old running back. I mean, I think we could pick something up in the draft. I think we could pick up another free agent for cheaper than that. So would you look I would look at cutting him? Would you be happy with that? Yeah. yeah. And I think obviously it comes down to what the uh, the offense is going to look like, the system's going to look like under um under Kafka. But I think obviously with Kafka being young, um him coming from Kansas, I don't think Booker would potentially fit in his offense. You know that type of player would fit in his offense. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be. He, he did well, okay, when he filled in for Barkley when Barkley was injured. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, and he he was sort of one of the very small positives of the season at points. Um, but I think if it's if it's saving, what was it two million? Exactly, 2.125. We've got to save some money somewhere and unfortunately it's going to be it's going to be cutthroat and some people are going to have to uh, be let go and I think he might be one of them as well. Exactly right. So now we're coming to Carl Rudolph. Now, Bye. He's 33 this year. He just hasn't really done it. I don't think he really is fully fit or has been for a long time. Like cutting him would save 5 million. Sorry to see you go, my too lovely obvious. dumber. Is that? Like, it, it's too obvious. Yeah, exactly. Like, obviously, there, there was some hope and promise with him coming into the team last year, but his his foot injury obviously just stuck around all year. And to be honest with you, I think he, he caught what, one touchdown pass yeah. the whole season. Um, his production wasn't great. Um, his run blocking wasn't great. His pass protection wasn't great. 
I think it's it's bye bye, Carl Rudolph. Um, so right, so now we're getting into the interesting ones. So someone like right, let's talk about Blake Martinez. So there's a couple options with him. Also, I should add, ideally, we want to take on any dead money in this coming season. We don't really want to put dead money into the season after, um, because we want to try and take our lumps now. So when it comes to the season after, we've got very minimal, like minimal to no dead money whatsoever, allowing the maximum um, cap to, to to spend on players. So it comes to someone like um, Blake Martinez, who is on the hook for fourteen million against the cap. Now cutting him would save you eight point five. But would he be a player that you might say to him, because he's coming off an injury, we could cut you and you could try and find another team, or you could stay with us, but reduce your salary um, and and take, um, for example, uh, three or four million, say four or five million less than, than the 14. So you would take sort of eight or nine instead of the 14 to stay with us. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's, you've got to get a little bit harsh and it's got to be a case for me of right Blake it's a restructure or you're gone yeah I, I completely agree with that so I would look to say to him okay instead of making the 14 if we take that down to um, something like um, 8.6 you know he's still getting 3 million from us that he wouldn't be getting plus his 5, five million bonus so it's basically right he Basically, we cut you and you get no salary from us or you stay here and you get three million from us for this coming season. Do you think that that would be acceptable on both parties? Yeah. And I think like, obviously with his injury situation as well, come the start of free agency, he's he's not going to be fit. So our team's going to want to be, if, if he does end up leaving in free, our team's going to want to be taking a risk on someone who's not fully fit and hasn't played in the league Come, you know, comes at time hasn't played for a year. Um, exactly. Give... So, 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 if, so, if we make that agreement with him, um, you're you're dropping his cap hit from fourteen to eight point six. Yeah. Would you be happy with that? Yeah, hundred percent. It's saving what six million. So you'd be you'd be wrong not to. And at the end of the day, he's a leader on our defense. Exactly. I would love to keep him around for another season, but like like Shane said, you have to be a bit cutthroat. It's either either we're cutting you and saving this money, or you drop your cap hit, prove because he's only got one season left on his deal. So basically, come for three billion and, and play this season and sort of earn another contract or earn another contract somewhere else. Yeah. So with those now, with those deals that we've just done, that gives us two million in cap space. So now we've got to really start to think about players like James Bradbury is the next one. But James Bradbury's on for 21.8 million against the cap this year. Now, if we cut him, we would save 12. Um, if we trade him, you go? If we yeah, if we cut or trade him, we'd save 12 million. Now, what do you guys think? Do you think? We definitely should. We should definitely. If, if he's not going to stay with us at that number, and I don't think he would restructure because he's a bit, you know, um, he's healthy and he's sort of like still proven in the league. Um, I would suggest trying to get a trade partner for him. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think, I think you, you want to look at trading and try and get something back at least. What would you expect? I'd, I think at worst, I'd probably take a fourth and a fifth. But I think you could potentially get a third and a fifth for him. Yeah, that's a good call. That's exactly around what I was thinking as well. Dan, would you be happy with that if someone said a third and a fifth for Bradbury? Yeah, I think, again, you look at the sort of last year, obviously we struggled a bit more on defence than we did in 2020. What was his production like? Yeah. What can we get in return for him? If the offer's right, if the deal's right, I think we take that and save the money against the cap. I rather agree. than rather than keep him on board and, and him take up a huge chunk of our salary cap. Right, so now we're going to talk about Sterling Shepard, lads. So Sterling Shepard has, he's been a good giant. He's been the longest tenured giant, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy for us. You just haven't been able to keep him on the field for the whole season. Um, if you cut him, 
you're saving 4.5 million. If you, if you, um, I don't think you get trade partner because he's still injured. Um, if you do a post June first, a post June first cut, you save 8.5 million. Now I wouldn't want to do too many of those, but one or two would be okay um, going forward. Now, what, what do you think you should do with Sterling Shepherd, or just keep him? He's got two more years left in his deal. I think 12 months ago, we had this conversation about people that we think might be cut candidates in 12 months' time. And Shepard was someone who always said to be a cut candidate. And my opinion's not changed, especially now we've drafted someone like Kadarius Tony who can play the slot. Just that was where Shep's best place was. He was yeah. a great slot receiver. Um, don't think he was a bad number two wide receiver either, either out wide. But, you know, he, he did most of his best work on the inside. I think Tony can do that plus more. Um, so for me, I, I don't. I hate to say it because I do like Shep. I've got a lot yeah. of time for Shep, and I'm really good over the injuries he's had. And you know, yeah, he was on that boat trip all them years ago, but he's never whinged. He's never moaned. He's never kicked up a fuss. He's always given 110 percent every time. You know, there's been times when he, he he's had concussions and he's still come back at the earliest opportunity that's been available that's safe for him, even though it might have been a more wise decision to just you know what. Back, back out for the year, back out for the rest of the season. The season's over. Why bother? Yep. Um, so it, it, it's heartfelt, but I'd have to cut him. Dan, you agree? It's a difficult one with Sterling Shepherd because I mean it was it was the same when it when it came to um, Victor Cruz leaving. I was absolutely gutted when Victor Cruz left the team. Um, probably one, you know, obviously having followed the team for. 15 plus years and Victor Cruz was one of my you know in my in my time of being a Giants fan was one of my all time favourites um, Sterling Shepard he's not quite at that level as one of my all time favourites but he's he's, a, he's the longest tenured Giant um, he's been on the roster longer than anyone else um, and like you said he's never complained he's never moaned he's never been that prima donna receiver that we've had previously in like Odell Beckham that we had um, last year with um, what's his name? Can't think of his name. That came was in, in for two years and then went. Golden Tate. Golden Tate, yeah. Golden Tate was a bit of a prima donna as well. Always complaining about something. Um, he's yeah. He's just been sort of it, the main issue with him has been injuries. He can't stay fit. Um, does it is if he does if he leaves the Giants does he have a future in the league? I doubt it. He's 29 going into the season. But I, I even still, I doubt teams will want to take a risk on he, his injury record. Was he got injured when was it beginning of December and Achilles takes about nine months to recover. Yeah. So you're looking at him not really being fit until deep into training it, camp, it, you know, it, leading it, up to... Way into, way into camp, exactly. Yeah. So are teams want to going to take a risk on that? Probably not. So I think for for Sterling Shepard, this is this is his career on the line. And, and I think, unfortunately... Um, it's going to be bye bye Sterling Shepherd, and we're probably not going to see him in the league so, again. So, would you cut him pre June first and save four point five million, and take a dead cap of dead cap hit of eight, or would you do it post June first, where you'd save eight point five and four million cap uh, pen cap pen this year and four million next year? I think take it all this year. Like, take it all. Like, yeah, just pre June the first. Like I said, it's rebuild, it's restructure. We know we're in that sort of in that mode at the moment. So yeah. I think you you take take the hit this year. You know, we're not we're not in a situation really where it's a win now. Um we don't we don't have the options to be in a situation where we're in a win now. Um it's we're building for the future. And I think if we then start putting dead cap into dead money into next year already, I think we're you're asking for trouble. Yeah. Because then we could potentially be in the same situation this time next year where we're X amount over the cap and we need to save so much and this and the. No, we don't want to be in that situation again this time next year. We want to be in a, a healthy situation where we're comfortably coming in under the cap without the rookie pool without the rookie pool already. So yeah, I think take it all, take the hit this year, cut him, and um. We live to fight another day, you know. Right, so on to a couple other interesting ones. Um, 
so since we brought Billy Price back at a cut price deal of one million to to be sort of like your centre or um, uh, backup centre, depending on how the draft and other things go, Nick Gates. Now Nick Gates, I know he's a fan favourite, but again, he's got that. He's had that terrible ankle injury. Where he's had like eight or nine surgeries on it. Um, but by cutting him, you'd save over two million. I I I think his career's done. I don't, I, I can't see him coming back. Like you said, his rehab's not gone well. I can't see him coming back from that injury. Um, and with Billy Price on the roster as well, he Billy Price was a serviceable centre. So I, I know I know Gates was a leader on that offensive line, um, and was a huge huge um, influence. He obviously was a team captain. Um, it, again, it'd be a shame to see him go, but I think that the injury that he suffered was. It's so horrendous, and it's a long road to recover from him. And his ankle's never going to be the same again. And obviously, on the offensive line, it's all about footwork. It's all about your feet and your hands. And it's just going to that weakness in that ankle is just going to always be there now. And I think he's really, really going to struggle. So I say let him go. Jim, you happy with him? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So another one that, that I not too keen on making but I think we do have to make is a tight end Caden Smith um, he showed a little bit of promise and showed some flashes early in his career with the Giants but um, it's come to light that he's got the really bad degenerate um, a knee problem and it's only going to get worse apparently um, So, by, and also by cutting him you'd be saving 2.5 million what are your thoughts yeah, we've not utilised him. I think we all agree the tight end room needs a complete overhaul. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for me, I think we've, we've brought back... Um, Marek. Marek. I think that yeah. might be the only one that's, that's done in all honesty. We'll have, well, we've got um, the, the very young uh, Ryson John, the Canadian, um, who's got tools, but he hasn't proven anything yet, obviously. And also we did sign Jake Heisman to a future contract. So we have young, unproven players there. Um, I mean, we've talked about the draft. We'll get on to the draft, but the draft's very deep in the three to six rounds uh, for tight ends. So we could, um, that's the thing. Like We could let Evan Engram go. We can let Caden yeah. Smith go. We can let Carl Rudolph go, go and um, and pick up a, a really decent tight end in those sort of middle to late rounds. Um, why not? Okay, so just two more players um, before the big one, and that that would be Darius Slayton, wide receiver. Cutting him would be two point five. Now, has he done enough to be given another shot, or do you think we'd uh, just save the money and let him go? I'm I'm in the opinion of you do a, you pull a bit of a uh, Isaac Yeda money. And you turn and say, we're going to cut you, take <clears throat> less money and renegotiate his contract a little bit. Um, because... Would you treat him? I'd not keep him just for the fact yeah. that we've got Goladay who didn't perform at injuries, Tony who's got injuries. We've said we'll cut Shepard. Um, Dante Pettis, John Ross are both free agents. I, I don't think we're in a position where we can cut a wide receiver. Yeah, no, I think if you're letting Shepard go, I think you're keeping yeah. um, Slayton, to be honest. So, I, I, yeah, I would keep him. Yeah, with that, Dan? Yeah, man, I think, uh, like you said, I, I think, obviously, John Ross is free agent. Um, I like I liked John Ross, don't get me wrong, um, but I think with the, off, the state our offense was last year, um, there wasn't really much for him to um, succeed with, um, and again with Kafka coming in, is is a, is a receiver like him going to fit in in Kafka's system? Who knows? But I think yeah, if we're going to um, let um, Shepard go, our wide receiver depth is uh, is pretty slim. So I think with uh, with Slayton, I think it'll be potentially keeping around. He's serviceable. He, he he's he's shone. On occasions, there's been glimpses of what he can do, um, and just that cons- he lacks that consistency. 
Um, but I think he's he's worth keeping around if we do let um, Shepard go. Yeah, if I Shepherd, agree. If, if, if Sterling Shepard stays, I think he might be a casualty. Yeah, I agree. I think because um, we looked at a wide receiver room of Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Tony, and then there's Colin Johnson, Austin Prowl, um, Alex Backman, uh, and that's pretty much it. There's nothing else really after that. <clears throat> but then, but then, do we go do, do we potentially look receiver in the draft as well? Yeah, well, like we said, uh, we said off offline, like everything's on the cards for us. You I mean in this draft? Yeah, of everything. Um, and then, the thing is, we're talking about all of this, and you, who knows what way it's going to go because there's so much that needs looking into and, and, yeah. and sorting out. And obviously, with a new GM and new head coach and new OC and new DC, they could just completely overhaul this roster and go cut everyone, yeah. bring everyone back who we want, and we'll go from there. You know, so who knows? Who knows? So here's another interesting one. Well, the the, the big one. Yeah, the elephant in the room. Let's talk about Saquon Barkley. Oh, I, I wouldn't say cut, but if he's not going to be in the Giants, is he going to be a trade candidate? You would save 7.2 million if you were to trade or cut him. And this is his fifth year, his last year, and his current rookie deal is fifth year. So it's all guaranteed. So you can't cut him, so you have to trade him. My apologies. <clears throat> but if you trade him, you clear up 7.2 million. I, get, I think you, you, you've got to look at what you get in return for him. And I think reason, reasonable would be maybe like a second and a fourth. I, you, I don't think we'd get, we don't think we'd get a, a future first round pick for him. No. Just, just because of his injury. So a second and maybe a future fourth or future fifth, something along those sort of lines. And you because realistically, you think like with the state the offensive line is in, we can't do anything. We can't do anything for him at the moment anyway. So, and he's willing to want. I think. I think. I think his agents will tell him what his value is, and he'll want to make fifteen mil per year. Going yeah. forward, and we can't be investing that much into running back. What are your thoughts, Ian? Um, I'll keep him for the simple fact that I think if you're lucky, you're going to get a third. Mm. For him. I'd, I'd probably, depending on where it is, I'd maybe take a second. Um, but I think realistically, is any teammate there going to offer a high second for Saquon Barkley? Highly unlikely. Everyone sits there and says you can find running back depth in the later rounds of the draft. So why would teams sacrifice a, a second rounder? So I think, yeah. I think you're lucky you're going to get a third rounder and then you might get a seventh rounder or something thrown in for a little bit of addition. But um, I think the ceiling for Barkley is so high though. It's, it's... For me, you, I just, I'm not going to quit on the talents. I've seen what he can do at college. We all seen what he could do in his first year. His second year, he had a bad ankle injury, but he still put up decent numbers. A lot of yeah. people overlook his second year, but I think he missed three games for injury, um, but he still put up decent numbers. Obviously, his third year, he had his ACL, and then last year, that he had the freak injury that was... His second year, obviously, was um, new, new quarterback, wasn't it, really? It was uh, under... Was it no? Was it with Eli? Or was it with um, Daniel Jones? No, it was with Daniel Daniel Jones. His second yeah, year, twenty nineteen, wasn't it? So yeah, it was with Daniel Jones. So it was new quarterback, new new offense, new head coach. Well, not new head coach. No, ignore that. But yeah, so I, I mean, to be fair, I I would love to see him back in blue. Absolutely love to see him back in blue because I think he can offer so much to the team, and he could he could be that number one back, and he could be that absolute star of a running back, but. You've got to compare him to other backs in the league that are that are producing year in year out. Aaron Jones, um, Derek Henry, um, just to name two, and you think he's got that talent. Is he going to produce? Well, in in his second year, he had just under fifteen hundred scrimmage yards. Yeah, he, he oh, exactly. Probably... He's had a, he's had a good year. Don't get me wrong. In his yeah. second year, and then obviously he obviously dropped off in twenty twenty because of the the ACL. Yeah. Um, and then last year, I mean, 600 yards, 3.7 average. It's not bad for the old line that we had. 
it's not what you expect. You you know, you want Barkley rushing for about four and a half average, in all honesty, close to that five average per carry. Um, but yeah, I think for me, like you don't quit on the talent. You get the old line in there. That's going to help Daniel Jones. That's going to help Saquon Barkley. And I just want to see what what Barkley could do in an exciting offense. And Kafka. And I think it would upset a hell of a lot of Giants fans if we, if we let him go. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you have options at the end of the next year. You could tag him or we've got to find out what he wants at the end of the day and how his season goes. But so those are the sort of the big ones that we've talked about. So can you have a guess what that leaves us uh, cap-wise if you make all the moves that we made? Probably about 16 mil. Any advance on that, Daniel? Twenty-five. So, with all the moves that we made, all the heavy cuts and the heavy uh, trades and stuff like that, we would be twenty-three point five million in the green. So close. So close. So, so you can see if Sheehan wants to get to that thirty to forty million, he's going to have some more to do than. than yeah, he's, he's got done. a lot of work to do. So you can so see sort of the predicament he's in. There's one other player we ain't spoke about. Who I think is an intriguing one. And he's not a cook oh. candidate. He's a free agent. Oh, I, think I, I, think, I think I know who you're going to say, Shane. Go on then, Dan. Lorenzo Carter? Yeah. 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 So Go for it, Shane. Back, if you were he, to bring him back, how much Yeah. What would you bring him what? back? What number would you bring him back? Well, this is the thing. I think the number, I think the, number the Giants are going to want to bring him back for, he's going to be able to get a one-year prove it deal better out. I, I think he, he's going to be looking for five to seven a year on a one-year deal. I would probably give him three. I, I'd say I'll give you three on the basis that, you know, you had you had that injury the year before. You only decided to, to ball out for the last, was it three games or four games this year? I think the last four games, was it, you got... Because Four I think five sets in the last sort of few games, isn't he? I think he's someone that could thrive under our new DC spoiler. We'll be talking about shortly, um, but I, I think Carter could actually do quite well under uh, Wink Martindale. But like I say, it comes down to what he realistically wants and what we can afford to give him. Really, so what would you like to give him? <laughs> Look, one year, three million. One year, three minutes. Should we, should, we, should we just put that in? Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a reasonable amount of money for someone who's who needs to prove himself. Are we going to cut Ocean Zimenez? I would. Let's see if there's one. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd cut him. He's never done anything. Right. So making that cut and re-signing Lorenzo for three million that leaves us just over twenty-two. So. There's still, still a lot of work to do. Yeah. And you think of how many players we've we've discussed and talked about. It's only a drop in the ocean, isn't it? Exactly. Let's face it, Joe Shane's got his work cut out this off season. Um to get us down to like you said, that that thirty, forty million he's looking at. And we do know players um, can be restructured and stuff like that, but the reason why we haven't sort of gone down that route on on this podcast is because he's kind of said that he doesn't want to restructure put money further down the line. Yeah. I, th- I think, like I said, I think we're, because putting money further down the line puts us in a worse situation further down the line. Exactly. You know, and it's, so, we don't want to end up in a situation for the next five years because we've put money, we've, look, we've been tight this year and then loaded contracts in further years like we kind of did with, uh, with Kenny Golladay. Um, yeah, it was at, the, at the time it was a good bit of business, but now when you look at it, you think his contract is loaded. Come you know, twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four. Yeah, his, his his contract is loaded. So, and I will just add um, before we finish up on this segment um, is that by making all those cuts and stuff like that, and keeping the dead money in this year coming, when it comes to twenty twenty three, before we, if we before like obviously. Players like Barkley and um, Daniel Jones and all those type of players are will be free agents. Then <clears throat> um, we will have 
approximately one point five. Uh, sorry, approximately one hundred and five million in gap space. So we're taking our taking our punishment now, taking our lumps now, but then we will have you know space going forward. What what's the saying? Take your medicine and oh, I don't know. take your medicine and eat it, or something like that. <laughs> Take, take Just yeah, I don't think what the saying is. Um, I, I I can probably I'd probably know what you're talking about, but yeah, it's just I, showing that just showing that like going forward, you know, like I said, we'll take have, you cake, have your cake and eat it. Yeah, that kind of thing. Like yeah, no, but like basically, yeah, we take take the soreness now, take the pain this year coming, and then obviously next year. Depending on what happens going forward, for each of the gap, we'll have over a hundred million to spend, not to spend, but like to invest in the team um, in 2023. So you can kind of see why Shane wants to do it now and just just have it have the hit now. And then going forward, he can build his team properly and bring in free agents that he wants or extend the players he wants and you know, make the um, draft picks he wants. He needs that money to give Daniel Jones that six year 185 million deal. <sighs> <laughs> Don't mate. Yeah. Or he could just pick up his fifth year option. No. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be surprised, right? Here's just a little thing, right? Don't be surprised now if we see that. I'm just saying it's it'd be 21 million for 2023. Don't be surprised. That's all I'm saying. I'll all be surprised, but I'll be pissed. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, let's face it. <laughs> Um, then you've no, got yeah. another, is it 12 million for Dexter Lawrence? 10. 10. So, you know what I mean? That's 31 million straight away. It's a lot of money in it, let's face it. I mean, you've definitely, yeah. you definitely extended Lawrence, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Without yeah. a shadow of a doubt, yeah. Um, yeah. Like we said, Joe Shane's got a lot of work to do. We've just sort of, sort of scratched the surface, really, with the amount of work he's got to do to get us under that, um, under that cap um, limit. So, Good luck to him. Um, I'm sure he'll work his magic, and I'm sure we'll get we'll get under by by the deadline. But I don't envy his job in uh, in just in doing that alone. Put it that way. Um, we'll just say quickly as well. Just those fifth year options. Sorry, Dan. Um, those fifth year options obviously are for first round picks. The team before the final year of the four year contract decides whether their first round pick gets the fifth year option. So that's coming up. It will be Daniel Jones. Will need to be uh, Daniel Jones and Dexter Lawrence. Decision will need to be made before the uh, beginning of May as to whether you exercise a fifth year option for them in the 2023 season. Um, and for Daniel Jones as a quarterback, it's 21 million, and for um, Lawrence, is 10, just to confirm. Cool. And thank, thanks for to DeAndre Baker for not making us have to have a third decision. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 that, yeah. Imagine having to have a decision on him as well. But yeah, glad we don't. Kev, thanks, mate. Really appreciate that. That was a that was a good little chat there, and it's a good insight for those that aren't too sure and aren't don't know about don't know much about the salary cap. As usual, our cap king has come good. Um, now it's that time again to open up our mailbag. Um, and regular listener and question asker Ashley Platt has uh, sent one into us. So evening, Ashley. Um, he says, am I crazy in thinking it's looking like we're trying to fix things now rather than suck the cap up and build for years two, three and four? Maybe I'm just broken from Gettleman, but worried we're going to risk the long term future just so we can get to 500 this year. Um, Shane, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I mean, obviously some of the stuff that we've spoke about just as kind of give, give our thoughts on what we potentially think. Um, I don't think... The one thing I do get the impression from with Joe Shane is that he's not that sort of person. I think he wants to do things the right way, not the easy way or the quickest way. And I think, you know, if that's going to take sort of two years for us to 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 get to that point where, you know, was it year four of Gettleman, I think, where we had this free agency splurge this last, last year. Um, yeah. You know, I think that, yeah, that will probably come eventually. But I do think Joe Shane... He's under no illusions as to what needs to be done. Um, you know, he's he's come out in the in media and said things about competing whilst rebuilding and, and things like that. But I don't, he, I don't think he's going to walk in and say I want to gut this team out. They're all shit and need to rebuild because obviously that's going to 
demoralise the players and that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't think we're going to have the kind of issues we had with Dave Gettleman, and I'm certainly hopeful that we don't give out the bad contracts we did, like we did with Jonathan Stewart and was it Patrick Oma Oma Yeah, Oma Yeah, I don't think we're going to making them sign them kind of contracts, in my opinion. But I could be wrong. So basically, yeah, I think um, from what we've talked about um, in this pod and and some of the remarks Joe Sheen has said, I think he's very much like, yes, we will we will suffer this coming season, um, but we are going to build something long term. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you just got to look back at the uh, the Giants Life episodes um, where he says that he's going to do everything in his power to build a team that will make everyone proud, and I think. It comes down to building that team. It's not going to be. He's not doing it short term, quick success because as the fan base don't expect that, and I don't even think the ownership expect that because they can see the position we're in. Um, we're not in a win now position, as we said, because that it, it would involve a complete overhaul um, of the roster, and, and we're not in no way in a position to deal with it, do that. Um, it's a great question. Um, but at the same time, I think we want long-term stability um, and that's what Joe Shane has been brought in to give us. That's what Brian Dable has been brought in to give us. That's what Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale have been brought in to give us is that long-term stability of the team and get the Giants, get the organisation back to where it belongs as one of the better or best teams in the league rather than being at the foot of the table all the time. Um so it's early in the off season, but I think it's too early to say really that we're potentially we're looking at winning now. We're not looking at winning now, in my opinion, at the moment. Um, you know, things could change, and it might turn out that actually they want success this year. But I I can't see that happening. Not after last year. If we had built on on twenty twenty and actually improved our record last year, then yeah, we might be looking at potentially winning now. But I think. For the, for this year, it's rebuild and let's um, suck it up and and look for the future. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, we've all been burnt by Gettleman, like you no, know, we all bought into it, and you know it didn't work. But like, don't let that scar us. That's it. Don't let it scar us. Like you no, know, going forward, you know, we've talked about the positives of Joe Sheen and Dave's, but um, you know, let's let's jump on board. Let's 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 see some of the moves. I'd be interested to see some of the moves in the off season. Yeah, man, it's it's a it is a a huge overhaul and it's a lot to get used to so there's, there's big changes been made so we've got to give it time we've got to give it time we can't expect to win now we've got to expect long term and hope, hope for long term stability and success um, thanks for your question Ash we really appreciate it mate um, as usual if you've got a question for us you want to speak to us you want to get in touch with us um, get your questions into us into the mailbag via the usual channels at Big Blue UK and Ireland on Twitter or through the podcast thread on the New York Giants Fans UK Facebook page. And also feel free to leave us a review or give us any feedback or via Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us, whichever podcast network you listen to us on. We appreciate the feedback, we appreciate the comments, and we appreciate all the interaction with our listeners that we do get. So really appreciate it. Thanks to you all. Uh, that is all we've got time for this week. And as we prepare to move into the second um, off-season that we've covered here on the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Uh, we're really looking forward to getting into everything Giants with you all once again. Uh, guys, anything to add before we go? No, just thanks to the listeners for uh, sticking with us. As you say, any likes, retweets, uh, reviews on iTunes would be greatly appreciated as well. Uh, you know, we're the only, to our knowledge, UK Giants podcast. So, you know, there's a massive market there for us. So let's try and push us up to that the top of that market. Okay. Anything yeah. to add? No, exactly that. Um, yeah, it's just uh, stick with this. You know, uh, we are building into this off-season. Um, I'm really interested to see what type of moves Joe Sheehan makes because um, the first couple of moves will definitely show us, you know, um, what's going to happen. Like I said, free agency is opening up in a couple of weeks, uh, two, three weeks. So, um Start to see some movement there. You know, we're going to have to get ourselves below the cap. So we're going to have to make moves uh, very soon. So um, I'm very interested to see sort of, yeah, how he goes about it. 
yeah man lots to look forward to and then uh, lots for us to discuss and get our teeth into over the coming weeks um it's an it's yeah obviously it's on a, on a bit of a down off the end of the season but it's it all starts up back it's back up again pretty soon after and uh, the ball gets rolling on the on the next season on 2022 um so lots to look forward to and we'll bring you it all here on the big blue uk and ireland podcast um next time out we will discuss our new defensive coordinator don wink martindale as we haven't had time to cover him today and discuss him today um but we'll cover um his hiring next time and what to expect from his defense uh, and we're also going to bring you the big blue uk and ireland mock draft 1.0 um, as we look, start to look forward to the combine and the draft as we've already discussed in the preparation for that um, as ever my thanks go to shane and to kev for joining me on this wonderful journey that we find ourselves on uh, that we are almost a year into lads can you believe it and uh and thank you very much to you the listeners as well for tuning in we really appreciate the love we are signing off until next time Go Giants! Giants.